Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Elon Musk's battle for Twitter continues as he runs into many different hurdles within trying to acquire this insane Marxist leftist company. The left, unfortunately, tries to take advantage of another tragedy as we see a shooting in Buffalo, New York. And we are now in a recession, according to me. But will we get to a depression? Find out now here on The Conservative Connection. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. Hello, everybody. So it's been a little bit of a gap. So we had that last episode I did with Pastor Rich, and that was a very, very popular episode. People really, really seem to like it. And he, Pastor Rich is a historian. He's a very, very wise man. He's he's done a lot in his career in Teen Challenge and also as a pastor. And I know many of you guys uh, appreciated the encouragement from him of um, and also just our talks about God and the Bible and everything going on. And I, I know a lot of you guys really appreciated that. So I wanted to say thank you again to Pastor Rich for coming on. And it, yeah, he, he's just an amazing guest, probably one of the best guests I've ever had. And I, I, I don't say that lightly, you know, I've actually, I'm in the process of bringing on a lot of other guests, but yeah, after that we had uh, Easter and then shortly after Easter, I got sick and then I got better and then it was my birthday. And then on my birthday, on May 2nd of this year, 2022, we actually had some amazing news drop that Roe versus Wade might be overturned. It, it looks like it will be overturned. So it was Justice Samuel Alito's uh, dissent, and he basically put forth a unanimously agreed upon, nearly unanimously agreed upon, or majority opinion, not unanimous, sorry, a majority opinion dissent put forward by Alito. And again, it, it, it just blew me away. At first when I saw it, I didn't know if it was real. So I tried to do an emergency episode, but then unfortunately, around the same time that I was going to do that that weekend... I got sick. I got sick right after my birthday again. So, and uh, unfortunately, at my workplace too, about half, like a bunch of my staff is sick. I don't know if it's half, but it's it's pretty close to half. It's it, it's we got a lot of call-ins. So we got this upper respiratory thing running around in Illinois, and everybody's getting it, unfortunately. So that led to me doing some long work hours. But in that time, I was able to do a debate. So I did do a debate on my official Instagram um, page for this podcast, our official Instagram, I should say. And if you want to check that out, it was about an hour long. It was supposed to be about 35 to 40 minutes long, ended up being an hour because I wanted to give my opponent more time to elaborate on certain positions and to, you know, go, go deeper into it, which, you know, we, did, we didn't have a moderator and I have to actually credit the person I was debating because very rarely will I ever step into a debate without a moderator because on the left, the average person just tends to go insane. 
Um, I, I, I once actually got protested during a debate, not by my opponent uh, when we had a moderator at my college, but actually by a crazy feminist with a hammer. And she was actually banging a hammer on a metal plate just to show you just how crazy uh, some of these some of these different uh, debates can be. But yeah, we had a productive uh, debate. I thought I, I, I didn't really concede any of my positions. The only position I really conceded was that Yes, teenagers are having sex across the country. Yes, I will never be in a position where I can t- where I can stop every single teenager from having sex. And what what I would say is, does because the subject of whether or not abstinence should be promoted always seems to come up. I don't know what the real issue is of people why they're so against abstinence as a genuine decision that somebody can make because I know so many women who have chosen that and remained abstinent until marriage. I I know people who have done that. It's not a crazy thing. And the evidence to say that it, it never works or it doesn't work or it doesn't work at all is contested and in, in my opinion, irrelevant. But to go further into that, uh, I wanted to say that when, when somebody says, when I concede a point such as, yes, teenagers across the United States are having sex, whether or not they should be, yes, uh, I will never be able to stop every single teenager in America from having sex. I will concede that point. Just like I can never stop every teenager in America from doing drugs or doing another activity or drinking or drinking and driving. But I can stop some from making some mistakes. I can stop some from doing something they probably shouldn't be doing and something that could lead to some dire consequences. So I disagree with the idea that abstinence can never be promoted and it will never work in the same way that I disagree with the same, like you could never get everybody to stop doing drugs, but you could get some people to stop doing drugs and you could get some people to avoid making huge mistakes. But if anybody wants to view that debate, that was basically a whole episode. I was trying to get it on the audio. I have to figure out how to do audio conversions from IGTV over to YouTube, and I'm still trying to figure that out. So if anybody wants to view that, it is on our official Instagram. The official Instagram for this podcast is conservative.connection underscore pod. The underscore is like the little line at the bottom. So conservative.connection connection underscore pod and that's where you can find that entire debate with uh, emiliano and if you want to follow him on instagram his instagram is emiliano underscore i underscore think but i did want to go into into abortion a little bit because now with this decision we may be the post row generation and that, that is an insane thing. It's something that I didn't think I would see before I turned. Like I thought I could see it in my lifetime, maybe around late 30s, early 40s. I did not see, I, I, I did not think that I'd see it in my 20s. I, I did not see think that I'd see it um, before I turned 30, which is, it looks more and more like I, I will see that. And it really is an amazing thing. And I also wanted to clear something, something else up because- when I was talking about, uh, we were talking about this position, and he mentioned the zygotes argument, and I'm very, I'm very disappointed sometimes with 
people who, who don't seem to understand the biological process. I'm not saying he does or doesn't. I, I can't know. So I, I, I'm not speaking just for him, but I hear this a lot where when he was talking about hundreds or thousands of zygotes going through the body, I think he meant sperm because so many times when I talk to people who are on the abortion side for the left, um, they don't seem to know how babies are made. And now let me just preface that by saying, I know what you're thinking. That That's not what I'm getting at. They don't know how babies, they, like they know where babies come from, but they, they don't know how they're made. And there's a big difference between the two. Like a sperm fertilizes an ovum and it becomes a zygote and it has a unique genetic code that will never, that has never existed before and it will never exist again. It is completely wholly unique and it is inseparable and indifferent from any different uh, genetic code of an adult. It is a genetic code. There's no differentiations at all whatsoever. It is genetic code of a human being, just like you would find in any adult across the globe. But there's not hundreds of zygotes. There's not thousands of zygotes going through the body. There's one. Maybe if you have twins, there's two. Maybe if you have triplets, there's three. I'll concede that point. So you can have multiple, but there's not hundreds. There's not thousands going through the body. Yeah, And it was funny because my dad was watching the debate and uh, I, I made the point that I said, if, if you can't afford $5 for a box of condoms at a truck stop, you probably shouldn't be having sex, which I doubled down on and I elaborated even more. But my dad was watching that and he said, well, yeah, if because I was called ignorant for that statement, um, maybe not personally, but in the argument. But I doubled down on it and I explained it further. My dad was watching that and he said, well, yeah, if you, if you can't afford $5 for a box of condoms, how are you going to afford 500 to up to 750 bucks for an abortion pill or $1,500 if you go past the first trimester, which, you know, my dad is uh, one of those people who he used to debate a lot and he, he really likes zingers. He's, he's good at debates. Um, and he, he doesn't really so much like speeches, but he loves questioning positions and arguments. And I, th I think I inherited that from him because he's very good at it. He's very good at diving deep into an argument and discussing, discussing philosophy. And actually, the debate actually inspired me to have a conversation with him where we, we were talking about the idea of personhood. And the idea of personhood is interesting, but so, so often what happens, because I think personhood is valuable. I think all people are valuable, but Whenever, whenever it comes to the abortion debate, um, you know, there's a few non sequiturs you have to get out of the way right away. And I, I say this for people who are probably discussing the abortion debate and they're trying to figure out exactly how to do it because th this is an important topic. And it's important because when Roe is overturned, and it looks like most likely it's going to be overturned, there will be a huge public outcry from the left and the liberals and the progressives who want abortion uh, completely unrestricted whatsoever from one second before you pass through the birthing canal. You can just end a kid's life on his birthday. It's very outcry for that. And you need, you guys need to be vigilant and you need to be ready for that. And I want this to get out ahead of time because you have to know your arguments because I know there's a lot of things going on in this country right now. There's, there's so much going on and it's hard to keep track of everything, but you need to know what you believe and why you believe it. And this is one of the reasons I think debate should be 
more common. Unfortunately, many leftists don't want debates. I mean, I had problems holding my debates at the College of Lake County when I was 22, 23 years old. And I, I had a lot of problems with that because, you know, once they saw that I, I did really well, they didn't want them to happen again. And once they saw the, the public outcry, people tried to take things I said out of context. Luckily, I had the whole thing on video. So if you do ever do a, a, a public debate at your college, I know a lot of you guys are very young. Make sure you video record the thing or record it in some way so that people can't take you out of context, because I'm fairly confident that had I not recorded it, um, they would have destroyed my entire reputation. And, you know, you granted some people might not have believed them, but other people could have, you know, you, you never know. But to, to get back to this uh, point on abortion, there's cer certain non sequiturs that you guys have to get out of the way. Now, a lot of guys will say that, or a lot of girls will tell you that if you're a man, you have no position speaking on a women's issue, which it, it, it would really take a feminist to, to come up with the argument that because you have male genitalia or because you're a man, all of a sudden you can't speak on a human rights issue. And I have to say... The left figured out what a man was pretty fast. All, all it took was a discussion on abortion to make them flip a switch and play like, oh, yeah, 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 we know what men are. That's that men and women are different. But I'm very tired of hearing from a party that constantly says that they're pro science, that men are women, babies aren't people, and there's 87 genders. But you like, for me, you can go into the personhood argument, but basically, the personhood argument, we, we spent more than 30, 30 minutes discussing why people are human beings and why human beings are people. <laughs> and when the left discusses personhood, they're discussing why personhood shouldn't be granted to an individual and why it should be taken away. When I discuss personhood, I'm talking about why personhood is valuable and why every human being deserves human rights. See, they're not actually interested in personhood because they can't define it. And many people on the left, when you ask them, what is a person, they cannot give you a straight answer. Even in the debate, I believe, um, when, I, when I asked my opponent if he could define whether or not a, a baby who maybe is in a coma, who's a newborn, who's a day old, and again, maybe he misheard me, maybe we could go over this again, but if you're a day old and you're a newborn and you're in a coma... And there's machines keeping you alive. I said, are you a person? And he couldn't, he couldn't give me an answer. And really, it, it's amazing to me that you can separate and say that human beings aren't people. Because we both established that it was a human being. Like he even conceded something that most people will not concede. And I give him credit for that, which he conceded that life began at conception. He conceded that. But he's, he was not willing to say that a human being inside the womb is a person. If you guys really want to dive deeper into this, because I know it's, it's a whole um, philosophical argument, um, truly, I, I still don't understand why human beings aren't considered people. Especially to people who are evolutionists. So like if you're an evolutionist, you have to value life at a very, very early stage and you have to... Like if you believe in evolution, which I, I don't, I believe in microevolution, but not macroevolution. Like I believe there's certain adaptions that can happen, but you can't jump from a species like a dog to a whale or, 
if you look at the evolutionary charts, there's some, there's some pretty ridiculous um, jumps and from like very small creatures to very big ones, which like go, go look at where they think the, the whale evolved from. It's very ridiculous. But if you're going to come at it from an evolutionary perspective, you have to, you have to value life in all of the, all of the minute and small processes throughout the process, according to your beliefs. So if you really believe that life had that much value billions of years ago, according to those beliefs, why would you not give the same amount of value to a fully formed uh, or a formed or forming human being? Well, I guess I could say fully formed because they believe in no restrictions, but if you got a human being that's going to be here in about nine months, right? Why is that not as valuable as the life that, according to evolution, you believe evolved from billions of years, like over time? Like if we if we found a life on another planet like Mars, you'd you'd instantly say it's a life, but like a human being who's a baby, you you don't grant them that. But for people who are interested in in philo- philo- can't talk today philosophy and all the different discussions on what what defines personhood from a creationist perspective and from somebody who believes in uh, in Christ and or Christianity um, because there are Christian philosophers you've got um, people like Dr. William Lane Craig but there was another one and his name is J.P. Moreland and J.P. Moreland has a book called Body and Soul where he dives into the subject of personhood and for anybody who wants to get into that like i would highly suggest you read his book because it goes more into what i was discussing earlier that personhood is something that is incredibly valuable and it's something that we we place personhood at conception for a reason and he goes into that um so he also dives into things like the soul and i know people have a certain trichotomy view and i know that a lot of people argue that you can't have a, a dichotomy view because uh moreland argues that the soul is part of the body and that the spirit is actually uh, incorporated into the soul because people believe you got three things you got mind, uh, body mind and soul he goes deeper into that um and you have people like uh, Jeffrey H. Boyd, who he quotes and argues that a rec- a reclamation of a substantial soul in psychology provides more fertile ground for the integration of psychology and theology, unquote. So for, for some people that might be a little bit out of um, the, the reading level if you're like maybe 18 or 19, but I, agree. I, I have a smart audience. I have a really smart audience. So if you guys want to read and get into the philosophical terms of that you're more than welcome to body and soul by jp moreland i I would really recommend it and he really lays out a a solid argument for why personhood is so important in in the philosophies of when you believe life begins and what incorporates life so i would highly suggest that um if you want the cliff notes version of what i believe on personhood and this is about as short and blunt as i can make it but it's what I believe, if you think that human beings aren't people, you either have it out for a certain group of people and you want to end them, or you're a science denier. I mean, th- those are the two options in my mind. Like, because m- over many, many courses of years, we've had people 
who are human beings who are not considered people. I mean, you had the Irish, you had the Jews, you had the African Americans or the black community. Um, so many different historically oppressed groups who were considered not people. And again, fundamentally for human rights, for people, every, every human is a person and every person is a human being. And if every person is a human being, then we have to acknowledge that every human being has rights and we have to acknowledge that human rights cannot be subverted or personhood taken away from human beings in order to try to kill them or harm them or deny them any basic rights to life that we have for everybody else. So with that, that is my uh, pro-life position. And now we got to move into different uh, topic of Elon Musk acquiring Twitter. Now, Elon Musk acquiring Twitter is, is such a fascinating thing to happen right now because we have Project Veritas who, I, again, I, I got to feel sorry for some of these dudes because Project, what Project Veritas does, and I know many of you guys know this, but um, conservative women tend, tend to be pretty attractive um, just on, on the scales. I mean, if I ever have a female guest at all on the show, um, you can probably just assume that that female guest is going to be attractive. I mean, if you look at the studies, they just tend to be. I, I believe there was a study at the University of Cambridge, and they did a study that found that more attractive people are generally conservative because their worldview is more fair since they're treated better because of their attractiveness. Now, to me, that sounds like somebody who's kind of jaded uh, <laughs> to say something like that. Oh, you just think it's better because you're treated better. Like that sounds like really, really um, jelly in my opinion. But yeah, there, there's multiple studies on this and Project Veritas has some, you know, cute servatives, I think is the nickname that um, Alex uh, Clark gave them. But you got some cute servatives, you got some cute um, young things going out there on dating apps like Tinder and Bumble and all these other apps. And they go out with these, these guys from Twitter and I, I think majority of them are Indian guys. Like there's, there's, they're, they work in tech and they think that they're, you know, out there looking for love. And, and in reality, the, what the girl's like, Oh, tell me more about your job. And, and the guy's like, well, uh, I, I make six figures and I only work like four to six hours a week, you know, just, and he just spills it all. And then the next day we see this, this project Veritas, report that says, uh, here at Twitter, we discover like all this thing. I, I guarantee you that Elon Musk was probably watching this whole debacle. And the second that somebody who makes six figures says he only works four to six hours a week, he probably spit his water out. Like he probably couldn't even believe it. And Elon Musk is probably thinking, man, I could hire like three quarters of the people in this company and I would still be able to run it super efficiently. And, th and that's just crazy to think about that. Uh, a business can operate that way. And I think that's why they're going under. I mean, they're not putting forth real effort to actually to actually do great things with their platform or, or work hard. I mean, if this is how Twitter is functioning now with people only working so many hours a week, and, and that's a direct quote, by the way, like you can go fact check me on that. It's in the video. Imagine what what would happen if they were working like 40 hours a week. So I understand why all the left just went nuts and just decided to freak out because there's no way they're going to maintain their current vacation schedule of basically being somebody who's 23 or 25 and retired or 30 and retired and, and live the way they're living. It's not going to happen. 
you know, as they explained, um, basically they said that the operating style of Twitter is commie AF. And, you know, it, it, it just makes me laugh. It just makes me laugh. So that's happening. But what ended up happening with Twitter was Elon Musk said something that really provoked the left that they did not like at all, where he basically said that uh, the left has now become the party of division and hate, and therefore I can no longer support them, and I will be voting Republican from here on. And they went nuts. They, they absolutely lost it because what Elon Musk understands is what I've been trying to explain on this podcast for a long, long time, that basically whenever a Democrat office or, or Democrat in office fails or an administration fails, they just want to portray the administration as being uniquely incompetent. They want to portray them as being just dopes, but that's it's it's the no true Scotsman argument. And they're like that's not real socialism. That's not real democracy. That's not really the liberal agenda. Yes, it is. Joe Biden came into office and he did every single thing that the left wanted to do. He he did. He accomplished it. He took. I'm starting to whisper like Joe Biden. Hello, everybody. Now, he did everything that they wanted to do. He implemented the policies they wanted to implement. He in implemented the lockdowns longer than they should have been. But it was not only Joe Biden calling for the lockdowns. It was not only Joe Biden as a mask Nazi. It was not only Joe Biden saying, if you don't get a vaccine, you're not going to work. It was not only Joe Biden talking about how he was going to shut down the Keystone Pipeline. It was not only Joe Biden talking about how... We needed to implement policies that just suck, that we needed to bring regulations back. It was not only Joe Biden saying that we need to get rid of people's tax cuts. And Donald Trump proved that your policies have a direct impact, have a direct impact on the prices of gas. Josh Hawley was just in an interview recently where he said that when gas prices were around prior around the same time that Joe Biden took office he found out that like the average price for gas was about 207 then gas steadily went up it went up to about 250 then 307 then 330 it was going up a long time before Putin invaded Ukraine like a long time before that happened so I don't want to hear anything about how gas prices are only expensive because of Putin and Ukraine. We, we've been experiencing higher gas prices for years, for, for years. And unfortunately, because of people who censor things like on Twitter, people don't seem to get that information. Things get censored. I mean, now we've got that movie 2000 Mules which basically shows the malfeasance of that. I don't think that could have ever happened. Like they probably had videos of this happening, but if it was on Twitter, it would have been censored. And this is why I think Elon Musk acquiring Twitter is such a huge thing for the information space and why 
his comments were were considered like so out there is because not a lot of billionaires are, are willing to completely part ways with the left. And even Bill Maher came out and said, no, I, I can agree with Elon Musk on certain things, but I can't agree with him on this. Why? Because he's trying to save liberalism. He's trying to point out that, oh, it's just this administration. It's not just this administration. Like this administration covers up things. But again, Democrats support this incompetent administration. I mean, they're the ones that centered, censored the Hunter Biden laptop story. And I know that we have the 2000 mules things out that shows all the discrepancies and malfeasances in the election. And people want to bring up that like, yeah, these malfeasances never should have happened. And they're trying to censor the movie like crazy to try to say that, oh, it has no bearing on the election whatsoever. I'm like, guys, everybody uses cell phone tracking data and, and thinks that it's effective and efficient. Like the cops use it. The FBI uses it. The CIA uses it like pe people uh, track, use phone tracking all the time. I've never seen a cop come out and say, oh, it's not actually effective. It's it actually doesn't work. And Dinesh D'Souza like com completely countered that narrative as well, because he said there was a Supreme Court justice who talked about this and said that cell phone tracking actually has it's so reliable that it's actually scary. So this was Dinesh D'Souza's uh, tweet where he said, since the fact checkers say geo tracking is imprecise and inaccurate, here's Justice Chief, um, Chief Justice Roberts in a 2018 opinion where he said, when the government tracks the location of a cell phone, it achieves near perfect surveillance as if it had attached an ankle monitor to the phone's user, unquote. So it sounds sounds pretty reliable to me. I don't know about you guys, but if, if we're all walking around basically with ankle monitors on, I'd say it'd be pretty easy to get that data. And you know what? True the vote and Dinesh D'Souza got it. Now, are there a few nitpicky things that you could pick apart um, for the movie from what I've heard? Yeah, maybe. But it doesn't change the underlying premise that these drop-in mail-in ballot voting things were a huge problem. I mean... Who's guarding these mail-in ballot drop boxes? Who's who's establishing that you can't vote more than once and um, you can't just fill out different things? Like nobody. For somebody who said it's the, the most secure election we ever had, we sure do have a lot of unguarded ways of voting where you can just put in however many votes you want without any consequences. So, so yeah, when people argue that the election was rigged, I just say, yeah, the election was obviously rigged. It's just a matter of, which way of rigging you want to look at it. I mean, you can't really prove um, anything concretely. You can prove that there's malfeasance, but we're going to go back and forth. Um, guys, I truly believe that if you got that many malfeasances and discrepancies and you have that happening for months on end in an extended election, that it's designed, whether or not you can argue it did, it's designed to rig the system. So anything designed to rig the system, we need to get rid of. But you could also argue that the election was rigged because I, I believe there was a poll that said like th something like 35% or like one in five Biden voters, let's say one in five because it's a, it's a lower number, it's more accurate, like a fifth of all Biden voters, like 20%, 20 to 30% said if they knew about the Hunter Biden laptop story, they would have voted for Donald Trump. Guys, that's the election. That is, that is vote tampering. That's rigging. It's the same way I said that the election was being rigged when Tulsi Gabbard had that 
beautiful, gorgeous takedown of Kamala Harris. It was one of the most beautiful takedowns in a debate I'd ever seen in my life. And the second she had the debate takedown, her her entire website and her donations and everything else just completely went away. So Elon Musk says, I'm voting conservative from now on. Well, now they've lowered Tesla's ESG score so that they can pull it out of the S&P 500 index. 24 hours later, and a sexual assault story comes out about Elon Musk. And Elon Musk is pretty candid. He's like, yeah, if you, if you really think I sexually assaulted you or you're claiming harassment, then point out a scar or a tattoo or something that I have on my body that most people don't know about. But if you can't, you're, you're obviously lying. And I believe that this woman has about as much credibility as Dr. Christine Blasey Ford when she said that she was afraid of heights and planes and traveling. And then it turned out she was an oceanographer with more flying miles than the Rolling Stones. Do I really believe that the second Elon Musk says he's going to vote Republican, a woman from four to eight to 10 years ago comes out and has an has a bombshell story? No, this is a political attack. It's what they did to Kavanaugh. It's what they did to Clarence Thomas. And it's what they're doing to Elon Musk now because Elon Musk has now basically filled the void that Donald Trump left on Twitter. Because now he's saying he's voting Republican. He's advocating for people to vote on the Republican side, obviously. And he's also challenging uh, how many people on Twitter are bots. And he's acquiring a platform that they've been using through trending news and algorithms to control the news cycle. It's a huge win for conservatives when if we can get him on to at least remove all the crazy things that they've been putting on there. But... That brings us to our halfway mark. Guys, we got we got so much more left in the show, so please stick around. We're going to take a short break. Stick around. We're going to be right back. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, everybody. We are rolling. We are going down the tube of just all these different things happening in the world. It, it really does boggle my mind. You know, it's funny because I think years from now, decades from now, I'm going to be an old man and I'm going to be telling my kids like I lived through the Roe versus Wade overturning. Like I lived through when gas went through the roof. Like I lived through when like Ukraine was invaded and stuff. And I'm just going to be just, <laughs> it, it really is an insane thing that, that we're all living through. But we got to talk about the markets really briefly. Now, I was I was thinking about doing like maybe a separate episode on on the markets, but maybe I will, maybe I won't. You know what? I might save the markets for later because we got to talk about this shooting. So this shooting happened in Buffalo, New York. Now, the left is trying to say that it's some sort of replacement theory, that it's some kind of crazy conspiracy theory that people believe um, some racist theory that blacks and Hispanics are going to basically take over the white population and make America a black or Hispanic country or whatever. I, I really don't know um, why 
one, it matters, two, uh, why it's so concerning, or three, why when you quote the left on their own theory or their own, own thing that it's somehow racist when you bring it up, but when they say it and, and try to fear monger based off of it, it's, it's completely okay. Um, I, I didn't really find anything that shows that the shooter in Buffalo was trying to accomplish anything like that. I mean, I didn't really find that. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but also shooter in Buffalo, very anti-Semitic in that manifesto. For some reason, that's, that's not showing up. Like how much the dude hated Jews. I, I, I don't understand why that doesn't pop up. So, but with, with this narrative, they usually only bring up these kind of shootings or things that happen if they can somehow squeeze a little bit of juice out of it, if they can somehow take advantage of it in some kind of way for political gain. In Buffalo, New York, yeah, there was a shooting. It was a tragedy. Are you going to use it to push gun control? I mean, I don't know. It's New York. New York has some of the strictest gun control ever. And there, there was even um, a black man being interviewed on the street. I'm going to play this clip because I, I thought this was um, really good because it just shows that the narrative is not working. Because th- th- this um, young black man on the street is saying, like, yeah, this is a tragedy. This is awful. Man, I really wish New York's gun laws weren't so strict because if other people had a firearm, maybe they could have stopped the dude. So here's, here's clip one. Go. This is just ridiculous. I mean, what else can you say? It's ridiculous. Something has to change from the bottom to the top because they're not going to do nothing. We got to do something because this is ridiculous. Uh, I feel bad for the people that was in there because after the security guard got shot, he got a gun shooting people still. More people were armed and knew what they were doing with the gun because it's not the gun. It's the person with the gun that don't know how to act. So, yeah. There you go. I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep the clips like fairly small in these segments, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy that you would use this kind of a narrative. It, it, it's like when a shooting happens in Chicago. A shooting happens in Chicago almost every other weekend. I mean, you, you stay for the pizza and the restaurants and you end up getting mugged on the alley. I mean, that's what happens. That does show how good our food is, though. I mean, like the, the fact that we're, risk, we're willing to risk going to the city to go get it. Uh, me and Rob aren't um, usually, unless there's like a special occasion. Really shows you how good the food is, though. But um, obviously, this whole situation is in absolute tragedy. But it's common. It's common where I live. I mean, in a, there just was a news flash across my phone about Olympia Fields, where there was a terrible shootout during a, a Walmart um, encounter with some dude, and he's on the on the run. Like, dude, I I, I see that every week on my phone. Every single week I see a new thing about something like that. We have such strict gun control in this state. It's ridiculous. Like we didn't even get concealed carry until up until like a few years ago when judges were like, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. Uh, you have to be able to allow people to conceal carry. But New York is so strict. I could have reciprocity um, covering me in every single state except New York. I could have, I could be licensed in all 49 states. And if I step into New York with a legally carried gun from another state, if like I, if I flew over or if I drove over and I was legally abiding by all travel laws or all 
all like declaring a firearm and everything else. If I landed at an airport in New York, they'd arrest me. Like their gun laws are so strict. Meanwhile, if you actually talk to a police detective or if you talk to anybody who works with murders, they will tell you very rarely am I on a homicide case? Do I find that the gun was registered to the murderer? Almost never. It almost never happens. And I, 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 the reason I can usually flip a lot of people over on the Illinois side is because I can show you article after article after article of gang members and illegals and people who were brought in where they had an Ill- they were illegally carrying a firearm and they're just let go by the judge's prosecution. They're not even prosecuted for it. There's no jail time. There's no like it's a beyond a breaking windows policy. You're caught with an illegal firearm and and you're not prosecuted. So if you're not being prosecuted for those laws, why should we have the laws to begin with? It it really makes no sense, and I'm getting sick of it. And and this is something that the left sees through, too, because even people who are liberals and leftists, they're starting to get firearms more and more often. I mean, when I was talking to Emiliano, he said, like, the one thing I think we could actually agree on is firearms. Like, it's it's become a beyond parties thing. A lot of people are gaining firearms. They're getting trained, and I, I love to see it. It's one of those things that... I want people to be able to protect themselves because I, I hate seeing people get hurt. Like, I don't want to see that. And I see that in Chicago all the time. People getting hurt day after day, week after week, you know. And, and again, let's not overlook the fact that there was just recently a New York City subway attack. Left's not talking about it. There was a California attack, a, a shooting by a man who was a Chinese immigrant who was a, a, a Marxist who was angry about the fact that Taiwan was free. And he went and shot up a bunch of people. Then you had the Waukesha parade. You know, the, the Waukesha parade happened. And here's here's the new press secretary. And we're, we're just o- completely explaining why she's overlooking the Waukesha attack or why Biden overlooked it. Here we go. Clip two, go. How come the president is visiting Buffalo after a senseless tragedy there, but he couldn't visit Waukesha after six were killed and 61 injured in an attack on a Christmas parade there? I mean, he's visited many communities. Buffalo, he was, we, you know, he was, he's able to go tomorrow to Buffalo uh, uh, before the trip. That is something that was important for him to do. But he has visited many, uh, many other communities. This is not, Buffalo is not the first community, sadly, that he has to go up to. Uh, because of a violent attack. So, you know, that's not that's not the first one. So he's been to many others. So, yeah, there, there she is like, oh, we, we didn't want to strain the resources. Oh, you can strain the resources to go to Buffalo. But racist attack happens in the Waukesha parade. And all of a sudden we don't want to talk about it. So, yeah, we're not talking about Waukesha. We're not talking about the New York City subway attack. We're not talking about the California shooting. We're not talking about the shootings that happen almost every single week in Chicago. But we got to go and talk about this shooting because somehow it can be, be squeezed out for some liberal narrative because you can't let a good crisis go to waste. So you got to squeeze every single little drop you can get out before the bodies are even cold. It really makes me sick. And you know, I, I, I even hate um, like re- reporting these at all because I it, it's like – like, did, did anybody hear about the any of the other shootings? Like, no, probably not. Like, well, there's a bunch of anti-Semitic attacks that happen in the United States every single year. You probably won't hear about it. And I hate taking some kind of crazy lunatic and and applying 
anything of what he believes to the average person. Like that, the, these people are nut jobs. Why would you take that and try to say that? Oh, this is like this is what everybody believes, or this is a narrative going around. I mean, if you want, yeah, like sometimes narratives can go around, and they can hurt people. But usually, they come from the top down. They come from the media. They don't come from like small, like fringe societies. Like even even this uh, theory that they're trying to like fear monger on about replacement theory, some some racist weird theory that somehow the country is racist and they're afraid of more black people alive. Like guys, the 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 people that they're trying to define as like right wing crazies that they're trying to say did this. We're pro-life advocates. We want more black babies and Hispanic babies and people in the country. We don't care what your race is. We care that your life has value. That's what we care about. You know, they always want to try to say that the right has moved. They've gone crazy. They've gone nuts. We've always been pro-life. We've always been pro-Second Amendment. We've, we've always believed that there should be a small government. We've always believed that people should be able to have fundamental human rights like nothing that we 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 did has changed you know it, it reminds me of the story of um somebody like um i use this in relationships and, and and dating a lot when i'm discussing them but there was a story that somebody told me of this truck driver and he's driving um down down the road and his wife would always like uh cuddle up next to him put her put her head on her, his shoulder and like snuggle up and then years passed by and all of a sudden, um, you know, now when he's he's driving, one, his wife says, you know, honey, uh, now we sit like so far apart. And, you know, when we were younger, you you used to like, you used to cuddle with me and you used to like hug me and hold me close. And you know, why, why don't you do that anymore? Like, why, why, why don't you do what we did when you were, we were younger? Like, I love you. And he looks and, and smiles and smirks from behind the, the steering wheel and says, Honey, I'm not the one that moved. Like, I'm I'm here with the steering wheel. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> and, and and that's how I feel when they try to say that we're the radicals. It's like no. I mean, you guys like Obama, Clinton, all these other people, especially on abortion, they used to say things like a safe, legal, and rare. Like that's gone now. It's it's absolutely no restrictions whatsoever. And I, I really feel like these. These ideas that, oh, it's because we don't have enough contraception. I mean, I, I believe that's just a cop out. Like, I, I try to keep the show PG 13, but there's ways of being intimate with your spouse or with your wife. Or, you know, I don't condone this, but if you're going to be intimate with your, your girlfriend, there are ways of doing that that would not get a woman pregnant. Okay. Just, just because you don't have contraception doesn't mean you, ha you can't have sex. I mean, I'll leave it up to your imagination of, other ways that you guys could fulfill that need without necessarily going to contraception. Okay. There's ways of doing that. Now, not, not everybody may agree with that. And I'm not a promoter of that outside of marriage. I'm just saying just because a husband and wife don't have contraceptives doesn't mean that they can't have sex. Okay. <laughs> so I really believe it's a cop out when people say, well, we'll, we'll put in restrictions when we have enough contraception. Like guys, when I walked into my co college, there was like a hundred free condoms in the middle of the nurse's office and a giant candy dish. Okay. <laughs> like it's not hard to find these things. I, I really get sick of, of, of these non sequiturs people use, but yeah, we have not changed. 
We have not changed. Really, I, I, I get really sick of going over this over and over and over again. Um, because, again, I, I know what I believe. You guys know what you believe. It's it's not a very hard thing to figure out what you believe. Um, actually, I like being in a blue state. I like being challenged um, as a red guy in a blue state because it allows me to think deeper about my positions. It allows me to elaborate more. But mostly this, this episode has just been going over a few wins we've had and as well as discussing like a few losses. We've got an American tragedy that happened. That's never okay. There's a bunch of them that happen all the time. And um, we don't see them as often. So I guess that was my main point in, in pointing out that. But if you guys know what you believe, you can fight this. Because the truth is that most of America has w- woken up to the fact that we don't know if we can survive another two years of the Biden administration. And I'm not even sure sometimes if we can. But I, I don't quit. I don't give up. And I know what I believe. I know why I believe it, and I've been given a voice and a platform to express that, and I'll bring other people on if they want to express theirs. But we have a unique opportunity ahead of us where we can actually apply what we know and what we believe, and people are willing to listen because they've experienced the other side, and they know what happens when the other side has power, and it doesn't look very pretty. This was Democrats' paradise dream for the United States, and people are waking up and realizing that they they may not be able to afford groceries or gas or baby formula. That was another thing that happened with the FDA, the baby the baby formula shortage. It's one thing I, I I forgot I needed to go over because so many people saw that the Republicans, like, let me just say for the baby formula shortage, that happened because of the FDA. That happened because of a government organization. And a lot of people are saying, oh, these Republicans, they, they voted against the, the baby formula bill. Guys, there should have never been a bill. Okay, we have babies in the hospital that are being hospitalized because they did not get enough nutrients. Or, they, yeah, you can promote breastfeeding. That's great. Not every woman can do that. Not every woman has that privilege. Okay? So... The FDA would much rather have babies be hospitalized or not get enough nutrients or not have kids get enough nutrients and babies get enough nutrients because they need to regulate European imports. There's a huge stash. There's videos of stashes of imports down at the border of Mexico and other countries stashed at the border, like up to the ceiling. It's it's crazy. And they're chock full because... For some reason, baby formula is more regulated even than food. The FDA has just proven that they are incompetent. There was no reason that we needed a bill to go into office. But when the, when the bill does come to the Senate floor and the House hearings and everything else, when it goes over there, the bill has really nothing to do with getting rid of the baby formula regulations, they want to give the FDA the ability to have more regulations, more of them, the same organization that caused the problem. The bill was like, yeah, let's give them more power to regulate more stuff so we have more problems like this in the future. Of course, people are not going to vote for that. So yeah, 
just just because they voted for that doesn't not mean that there's some sort of heartless monster. It means that they didn't don't want this to happen again. But the funny thing is the Republicans who vote against the people who created the problem having more regulatory power, they're the bad guys, but not the FDA, according to the left. Oh, the FDA is good guys. FDA caused the problem. I, I don't know how else to explain this, but the FDA were idiots. They've, they've proven that they do more harm than good. How is it that we have, we, we can't bring in widely established baby formula from Europe or other countries where the, the companies are very, very well established and they've been doing this for a long time. But we can just have drug tunnels going under the border, like putting fentanyl into the country. And that's not a concern. But baby formula, don't let that in here. You know what I trust more than the FDA? I trust liability. It's not like a vaccine company like Johnson & Johnson where you can distribute your vaccines for like a year and a half and then have no liability when everybody comes back with blood clots, heart damage, and problems with like severe clots in their arteries. Which, by the way, if you'd been paying attention to this podcast, we went over that probably a, like half a year ago to a year ago. We went over the problem with the Johnson & Johnson vaccines. And it, it's only now that they're trying to say that they've discovered the problem. No, we've known about this for a year. But back to the baby formula shortage. Uh, it, it really just boggles my mind how we can have all these drugs running through the country, but the second we want to run in baby formula, they say no, even in an emergency, which goes to show you that the FDA really should not exist. They don't do a lot of good. They don't help a lot of things. Like like they, they approved the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Look at how that turned out. I mean, this organization and this administration is so incompetent. And I, I pray, guys, that you understand that elections have consequences. We're looking at stories now for Washington State that say that they're reprogramming gas stations for $10 gallon gas. And I have to give this warning at the end. If you live in Washington State, $10 gallon gas does not mean I can't afford to drive or I can't afford to take an Uber either or a Lyft or I, I can't go out Friday night. $10 gallon gas means that you are not going to have food on the shelves in your markets. $10 gallon gas means that you are not going to have water available because the truckers may not be able to afford to send as many shipments out as possible. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but around the country, food is getting closer and closer with the expiration date closer and closer to the certain like to, to today. They're only within four or five days a week sometimes if you're lucky. I've seen food selling with the expiration date on the main counters, not on the sale thing, for, and it expires in like four or five days or three days or two days. I actually have seen two days. I think um, one thing I bought, it was like a protein shake. And then I, I looked at it and I realized that it was actually expiring. It, it, it had already expired because it was so close to the actual date that I bought it. I only drunk it a few days later. You got to prepare. Like this, this is not me making up stories. You can look at it up for yourself. And they've admitted this, that they had to reprogram the calc, uh, the, gas pumps in order for this to be allowed. We need to prepare. Yeah, we've we've got some wins and this will probably help us in the November elections, but guys, elections have consequences. And it is not simply this candidate. It is the party. The party 
should die, the Democratic Party. It should just be gone, and the cause of death should be considered political suicide because their policies do not work, and we've seen that they don't work. And if you don't understand that Democratic policies don't work by now or that they hurt everybody in the process, I don't know what else to tell you. I really don't. But if, if you want America to survive or at least have a chance of surviving or getting through this, you have to vote red for the Senate. You have to vote red for the rest of the Congress. You have to vote red this November. You have to. Because we're going to get more and more of these policies. And they're just going to keep passing the buck down. Oh, it's not my fault. It's not this fault. We saw the Josh Hawley thing earlier. Oh, it's it's the blah, blah, blah. It's Putin's fault, blah, blah, blah. No. No. It's their responsibility and their policies have affected everybody negatively. They don't have good trade policies. One of the reasons quarter one did so badly was because of the fact that we have become a net importer of so many products versus how many we export. We are not exporting a lot in the United States anymore. We were under Donald Trump. We were a net exporter of oil. We're not anymore. Even liberals that I talk to, people at the College of Lake County who um, did not want me to speak and who basically made sure that I, I couldn't speak or put hurdles in my way, they flipped on a dime when it came to discussing certain things. And now we've got the WHO talking about other certain things. And again, if I can't get into everything this week, I'm sorry. I'm trying my best. But basically, the current director general of the WHO placed a treaty. Now, it's basically a worldwide pandemic treaty. And it's this forthcoming pandemic treaty from the WHO. And the current director general of the WHO placed the treaty in the content of strengthening his organization as the leading and directing authority on global health at the center of the global health architecture. <laughs> and he went on and said, we all want a world in which science triumphs over misinformation, solidarity triumphs over division, and equity is a reality, not an aspiration. Okay, guys, so when he says things like solidarity, he means socialism. When he says equity, he means socialism. When he says science, he means whatever he can use to peddle to get to socialism. We've seen this before, and you guys need to stand up and say no. And then you've got this message of we are one world, we have one health, we are one WHO. Okay, you creepy. Like we can only speculate right now on what the plan might contain, but we definitely have to pay attention to it. Anyway, guys, loaded show, loaded show. We're chugging along. We are making progress. And even though we don't have an administration in power that reflects our needs, we can point out where they fail and where they could have done better. This baby food formula shortest thing should have been addressed from day one. And you know what really ticks people off is when they think that there's a large conglomerate in D.C. that controls their lives and they have no say in the argument. That's why Roe versus Wade didn't work is because you had nine justices basically deciding for everybody in the entire country what the entire countrywide stance was on abortion. And really what they should have been doing was they should have given power to the people to decide for themselves. Guys, this has been um, it's been a very loaded show. 
you know, I, I apologize if I was over all over the place. I'm just trying to get every single news story in. Baby formula shortage, shootings, all this other stuff. It uh, all kind of bleeds together. So there's a lot happening. I will do my best to keep you guys informed, even though I may not always be able to do it in a timely manner. I am trying my best. You know, so I hope that you guys all have a wonderful day that um, you, you point out to your friends on how we can recover and ways that we can recover as a country. But guys, this is the time to get involved. You do not want to be somebody who had the most to lose, who did less than everybody else. And believe me, as young people, and even as older people, we have a lot to lose if we don't start to turn things around. And with that, I will say thank you for tuning in to the Conservative Connection. Um, do your best to do what you can to fight back, to get us back on track, to talk about this, even to mention this and discuss this with people around you. If you're in Washington State or if you know somebody in Washington State, please um, send them this or at least that clip. I want them to be prepared for what might happen. And I hope that you guys all have a wonderful week. And as always, stay connected. Corn Pop was a bad dude. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.